just to kick off 2021 with a little positive singing, worship, gathering together. If you are joining us from home, we're so glad just because we're not together in person doesn't mean we're not one big happy family. So we're so glad we can all worship together. We are um, kicking back up with our weekly services and all of the things going on throughout the week. So this Wednesday, adult Bible study, you're going to start meeting up again. It's on Zoom. So if you have any questions, shoot us an email at info at murrayhill.church and we'll get you all the Zoom information. Youth group, we are not meeting until the 13th. So not this week, but next week. That's when youth group will start. We are in person in the youth room wearing masks sitting spaced out. We're being safe, but we're meeting in person, but not till the 13th. Um, giving, as always, we have a few different ways you can give. You can go to give.murrayhill.church and give online. You can text to give. You can mail in your checks, or you can drop your checks if you're here at the um, baskets. Hey, Murray Hill. For those oh. of us. <laughs> we have a video coming up. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so, Speaking of, that's, that's what we're going to go into next. So we are looking to compile some videos. We're calling them videos of blessing. So even in the midst of the pandemic, of all the things that 2020 has brought, we know that God is still good. And he's still here. He's still alive. He's still active with us. And we know that in the midst of hard stuff, God still does good things. And so we want to hear the good things that God has been doing in your life throughout 2020 all the crazy that's going on. And we're going to do that with videos, videos of blessings. So what we would love for you guys to do is, with the use of technology, with your smartphones, take a video, two minutes max. It doesn't have to be long, and it can't be long. Two minutes max for all you talkers. <laughs> Send us a little video of what God has done in your life in 2020 that's been a blessing for you. You can send it to info at murrayhill.church. You can shoot a text or email to anyone on staff. We'll get it all together. So we have an example for you. We already have one video that is ready to go so that you can see kind of what it looks like and um, get a feel for what we're looking for. Hey, Murray Hill. For those that don't know me, my name is Doug Cooley. And I understand 2020 was difficult for a lot of individuals in our community of faith, in our city, state, and honestly, in our world overall. As we navigated through the pandemic, and as difficult as this past year has been for a lot of people, there has also been some good that has happened throughout these past couple of months. And so one of the things that I wanted to share was a personal story of how even in the midst of this once in a lifetime event, God still is faithful. And at the beginning of 2020, my wife and I, Carrie, we sat down and, and we, we don't really do New Year's resolutions, but we plan goals. And so as we were looking at 2020, we, we wanted to take a look at our finances. And there were things that we needed to kind of take care of and, and reshift, but there were always goals that we had talked about, but we never really saw them through. Well, when the pandemic happened and the shutdown occurred, it really forced us to really take a look at our finances, at our budget, and really evaluate the things that we wanted versus the things that we needed. 
but really what it allowed us to do was take a look, take a, a really strong look at what we actually needed. And so we, we did what everybody probably did and, and understood that the few months were going to be difficult. And so obviously the, with the restaurants closed and, and different businesses shut down, it limited where we could spend our money. And so it was a easy decision, obviously to not go out and eat, but there were some other things that it revealed as we were looking at our finances that really forced us to understand maybe where we were mismanaging our money. And we were able to take a look at the wants and the needs and put our needs ahead of our wants. But also in the middle of the pandemic, Carrie's office shut down and we were forced to again reevaluate what we was important to us and to our family. However, through all of that, we really valued some of the things that we got away from, like dinners at home, sitting around the table, talking with our boys. And what it allowed for us to do is focus on the, the things that we needed to pay for, but also as we were able to have extra money, we started to pay down some debt and we started to focus on some of the long-term goals that we had always dreamed of and we were able to accomplish those even in the midst of the pandemic and god was faithful and he blessed us through all of these difficult challenges that we and uh, we went through but it, it allowed for us to really evaluate and and really understand where god had been faithful but we weren't being faithful on our end. And so it allowed for us to, to accomplish some of our financial goals and we were able to meet some of the deadlines and be able to uh, make some, some dreams that we had for our family to actually come true. So. Even in the midst of difficult times, there's always ways to look for the positive. And so that is our Tell Me Something Good story from the Cooley family. Hey, Murray Hill. For those that don't know. So we want to hear your stories. We want to hear what God has done to bless you in your life in 2020 in the midst of the chaos keep it to two minutes hold your phone like this and we should be good to go also 2020 we had to kind of pause how we were able to interact with our community and engage with our murray hill folks but um, we're looking to hopefully get that back up and running with our presence in the community and so jay is going to share a little bit about some upcoming opportunities of what that looks like all right i need you to get your calendar out I know it's on your phone. Go ahead and get your calendar out. We have some opportunities as we start back into 2021. And so I want you to look at this Saturday. Because this Saturday we have an opportunity to join with 
MHPA, which is Murillo Preservation Association, and they are helping to assist uh, the revitalization of MHAA. So MHAA is the Murray Hill Athletic Association, and that is where they used to play baseball, t-ball, coach pitch, all that kind of stuff up the road at Murray Hill Playground. Uh, it turns out, oddly enough, I actually played at Murray Hill Athletic Association in 1988 when Dad was serving a church uh, in Riverside. So uh, Riverside doesn't have a baseball league, and so uh, he coached uh, one of my teams uh, with Jim Love, who is now a State Farm guy, or I guess was probably a State Farm guy there uh, at that time. Uh, and I played my first year of baseball, uh, T-ball, at Murray Hill Athletic Association. It was one of the longest-running athletic associations in the city and has been down now uh, for about two years. We actually went and signed James up, uh, and that was the first year it didn't make. So uh, they have partnered with MHPA. Uh, they have done some uh, work with the city council, and uh, the city of Jacksonville is going to be putting over $200,000 worth of work into the baseball fields uh, over there over uh, through the end of 2021. Um, so we're really excited about what's going to be happening there. Uh, and so this Saturday, um, there's going to be a Murray Hill Playground cleanup. Uh, it's also going to be combined with a food giveaway through Lutheran Social Services. So... If you have been here uh, with us on campus when we've done our food giveaways, uh, it's through Feeding Northeast Florida, and there's a big setup with tables and tents, and you come through, uh, and there's frozen meat, and there's cheese, and you get one from this table and two from this table. Uh, with Lutheran Social Services, it's all dry goods, and it's all pre-boxed. So everything is uh, highly safe. Obviously, we still want you to uh, bring your mask, but we're going to be outside, and everything is already done for you. Uh, it's just a matter of taking the box literally from the pile and then moving it either into the back of their vehicle or anything like that. So um, we are going to be uh, joining together uh, here as a group uh, at Murray Hill uh, with those organizations. Uh, it's going to be at 10 o'clock this Saturday. So I do not know what the parking is going to be like with people coming and doing the food pickup. So obviously, uh, there's plenty of parking here at the church if you want to park here uh, and then walk down the park. If you're not familiar, is just dead end uh, into Dancy right there. Um, we'll also get some of the uh, trash grabbers um, out so that you can grab those and take them down there. Um, we'll do the food giveaway and walk towards the first block just like we've done when it was our um, clean up and move towards the first block with that being uh, a heavily, heavily populated area. Uh, that's often a place where we need to do um, the most amount of cleanup. So this Saturday, 10 o'clock, you can be here at the church at like 955 or something like that, but we're, we'll be up at um, Murray Hill Playground uh, and again partnering with MHPA, MHAA, and Lutheran Social Services. We know that um, one of the things uh, that this church is known for uh, is their presence in the community and their uh, willingness to participate uh, and be a part of serving other people. And so we want to make sure that we're kicking off 2021, uh, not only uh, as a reminder and a reintroduction to the community, but also as a reminder and reintroduction uh, to ourselves. We're going to have a movie night coming up in February. We're still trying to lock down some of the days and the ideas and stuff like that. Um, but we are going to be looking at 
uh, trying to get back into the swing of things here with every month or two, uh, either working alongside organizations or sponsoring our own thing, uh, because we want to make sure that, that what we're doing uh, is mirroring what we believe Christ would be doing if he was here with us today. So uh, I'm going to pray, uh, and then we're going to transition back into some uh, singing and some worship time, uh, and I really uh, would like to see you, uh, would like to see you there on your couch saying, who, me? Certainly he's not talking about me. Yes, you. Saturday uh, at 10 at the playground. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to to come together, uh, either in person or virtually, uh, with believers all throughout our city, our state, different parts of the world, God, to know that Uh, regardless of whether we're looking at each other in the eye or that we're hours and hours away from each other, that, that we're having an experience where we get to worship you, where your spirit comes and allows us to make connections, allows us to feel your presence, allows us to be reminded of your greatness and how worthy you are to be praised. I ask as we sing again that you connect us to you and that you give us a reminder and and the ability to feel your love. It's in your son's name we pray, amen.
Sing with me, if you will.
Heavenly Father, we come before you. We praise you for your provision, for your faithfulness. We stand before you today declaring that if you don't go with us, we don't want to go. So, Father, I pray that you guide us and, and we, again, thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you that you have a very real and powerful plan for each one of us. And so, Father, as we look at the scripture today and we talk about some of the words of Jesus, I, I pray that you give us clarity. Give us understanding, and Lord, I pray that it will be transformational for us. I ask most of all that you use it for your honor and your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please be seated. So we finally had that flip of the calendar, and um, I think we're excited about that. It's interesting to me how the flip of the calendar each year um, is one of those moments in time when we decide to make changes. Right? It's not like we couldn't make changes the rest of the year, but there's something about the new year that we, you know, there are some things I want to do different this year. I mean, like some of us are going to focus on losing our COVID-19. I don't know if anybody else has the COVID-19, um, but it showed up pretty all by itself. It was pretty phenomenal. Um, so, but but what, what I know is, is that there are basic things, no matter what month it is, there are some basic things that don't change, right? If you want to lose weight, you change your diet. If you want to get more healthy, you exercise. You know, and if you want your relationship with your, with your spouse to improve, you work on communication with each other. I mean, there's some, there's some basic things that are always the same, no matter what time of year it is. And, and the truth is, is spiritually that is true as well. Right? And I know sometimes in the flip of the calendar, we, we make a, a determined effort to change our spiritual journey, but there's some things that just don't change. If I, if I spend more time in serious, significant prayer, my relationship with Jesus will become more intimate. It's just reality. And if I become more serious and focused in my scripture study and make it a priority, maybe even memorizing scripture, then I'm going to be pressed and pushed to live like Jesus would if he were me. There's no way around that. that that's, that's true. And if I go to worship and I participate in worship and I am more focused on who God is, I, I'm going to encounter God in a more powerful way. That's universally true. And if I decide to minister to people and serve and meet their needs, I'm, I'm going to find peace in that. And I'm also going to be, have a heart of gratitude. I mean, that's, that's the way it is, right? And so we, we know those things. And so I say that because today I want to talk about something that we know to be true, but we typically struggle with it, or at least some of us do anyway. And so we're going to look at a story of Jesus. And now Jesus would have people come to him all the time with their problems. Sometimes they were physical problems, and, and Jesus would touch them and heal them. Uh, sometimes they were coming just to challenge Jesus, to say, he can't answer my question because it's too hard for him, and usually he embarrassed them, though that was not the goal. He would embarrass them with his answer. And so today we're going to look at a guy that wanted Jesus to intervene in his life, in his family life, and take care of something for him. And uh, it's interesting, when, in the passages that we read, Jesus is going through this incredible teaching. 
I mean, it is very powerful. And, and he has just said, you know, one day they're going to arrest you because of me. You don't even have to think about what you're going to say because the Spirit will give you the answer exactly as you need it. So in the middle of that, here's what happens. And we are in Luke chapter 12. Verse 13, and so again, remember, Jesus has just given this powerful teaching, and in the middle of it, I can just see this guy standing up and raising his hand, trying to get Jesus' attention. Luke chapter 12, verse 13, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's page 1043. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them his parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then, you will, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Now, when I go through a passage and study it, there, there occasionally will be phrases or words that I just can't move past. You know, that, that something happens in the scripture and I'm like, all right, I have to figure this out, right? And that happened to me uh, going through this. So verse 13, just as a little background, here's what we know about the guy uh, in the crowd. First of all, we know it's a guy uh, because a woman would not have had the right to anything anyway. Um, not saying right, just it was what it was. Probably a younger brother who uh, his older brother inherited most of the inheritance and the younger brother wanted some of it. Okay? We also know that he wasn't really paying attention to anything Jesus was saying uh, when you read the, what was going on beforehand. All right? But then, he, so he asked, I want you to intervene in my family situation. We, we have this problem. My brother's not sharing with me. Would you fix it? And it was Jesus' first sentence that just, I got stuck on Jesus' first sentence. Jesus replied, man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you. Who appointed me to do that? And I began processing it. I began to think there was nobody ever in the history of humanity more qualified to be the judge in that situation. He was God incarnate. He was God in a human body walking on earth. There was nobody better qualified to step in. There was nobody more qualified to judge. Jesus said about himself, he will judge all of humanity at the end of time. If there's ever been a judge to be a judge, it's Jesus. Jesus could have stepped in, met with these brothers, and fixed it in two paragraphs. He could have made it right. His words were that powerful and that strong, but yet Jesus decided not to do it. So I, I, why wouldn't you do that, Jesus? Did you not love the guy? 
I'm pretty sure he loved him. Was he, was he angry because the guy interrupted his powerful message? Nah, that's not really Jesus, Jesus' character. So what, what is going on? Why would Jesus not fix the problem? And I came to this conclusion, and this may, I don't know, frustrate some people, but, but the bottom line is, are you ready? This is a life-changing reality. And I need you to hear me say this. Not all problems are worth fixing. Not all problems are worth fixing. Jesus saw what was going on. He knew he could fix the problem. He knew he could make it right. But he realized it wasn't worth fixing. It was not worth the investment of time that it would take to make it right. Just wasn't worth it. So then I have to ask, okay, why was this not worth it? What was going on that Jesus said, here's a problem that I can fix, but this problem's not worth fixing, so I'm going to move on from it. Why would he come to that conclusion? And I think the bottom line answer is, is the guy had focused on something that was temporary, and Jesus came to fix the eternal. And if you read the story and you, you see what's going on, you, you, you see that the, as, as Jesus responds more, that the guy has a heart problem. There's something going on inside of him that is completely wrong. And so instead of the problem that the guy thinks he has, Jesus begins to deal with the problem that he really has. But he has to determine ahead of time that the problem the guy thinks he has isn't really worth fixing. Please hear me say this. Sometimes we as followers of Jesus spend way too much fixing problems that we don't need to fix. We focus too hard on things that we think really, really matter, but they're really temporary and not eternal. Now, don't hear me wrong. There are temporary problems that we need to help with. Sex trafficking needs to stop. And if we can help with that, we need to help for example. But you know, that's really not typically the kind of stuff we focus on. We usually focus on the stuff that inconveniences us. I have been overwhelmed, and again, this is, there's no way this is not going to sound political, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been overwhelmed how many believers and followers of Jesus are angry that their rights are being taken away because they have to wear a mask. Is it really a hill worth dying on? I mean, let's think about the big picture. Let's think about the big thing. Let's say all the science is wrong and masks don't really help. Is it really worth dying on that hill? I think Jesus would say, that's not a problem worth fixing. There's a different problem. There's a deeper problem. And that's just one of a million things. We can talk about politics. We can talk about elections. But we so focus on the temporary we get distracted from what really matters. Every night about uh, 8.45 or 9 o'clock, I make a trip to the refrigerator. And it's, you know, about the right time from after dinner before bedtime. And most nights, in fairness, I grab a piece of fruit. Well, there was a night last week that I went to get an apple. 
I knew we had some apples. I opened the refrigerator, and there in front of me was a piece of key lime pie left over from the day before. Thank you, Jesus. But the internal battle began. There was a part of me that was saying, listen, you already had a piece of pie today. Eat the apple. It's all you need. It's better for you. You're not going to regret it. Just eat the apple. I thought, well, I could put peanut butter on the apple, and that would make it better. But just eat the apple. And then there's the other side of me that's saying, it's the last piece of pie. Somebody needs to eat it so nobody else is tempted. <laughs> right? And so as I began to negotiate with myself, I said, well, in Jesus' name, we'll save the apples for another day. <laughs> but to see, so here, here's the deal, though, is, is I go to the refrigerator knowing what needs to happen, knowing what I need to focus on, knowing that the COVID-19 is real, you make the wrong choice. Right? Distracted. And so many times in our journey, so many times in our spiritual journey, we, we become like the dogs in Up. Remember the Up movie, the cartoon, and the dogs were able to speak, and they would be on a mission, and all of a sudden they'd see a squirrel, and they'd forget everything and focus on the squirrel. That's what we do as followers of Jesus. We, we focus on the temporary instead of the eternal, and we get distracted by the temporary. We get distracted by the stuff that really is not good for us and really doesn't matter, but we convince ourselves that it's really a big deal. And Jesus, I believe with everything into me, in me, would say to us, not every problem is worth fixing. Quit convincing yourself that every problem is worth fixing. And quit convincing yourselves that some of the problems that you've decided are important are really important when they're really, really not. So what, what Jesus focused on then was not the, the problem that the man thought he had. He focused on the problem that he really had. So you look at the rest of Jesus' answer, and here's, here's what he says. Verse 14, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So Jesus says something very powerful here, and I think it's something that we need to grab a hold of, and we need to listen to and, and apply to our own lives. And, and I think ultimately what Jesus said is, is you need to set up boundaries against greed in your life. Because he knew that the real problem that this guy had was there was a greediness that had taken over his life. And Jesus was saying, you need to set up boundaries. See, it's interesting, the wording that he uses, he says, watch out, be on your guard. The picture of be on your guard is if someone is standing in front of their house with a weapon, walking back and forth, protecting what they have, protecting the family that's inside, right? I'm not advocating that as a great idea, but what I, what I am saying is that's the picture that Jesus makes about your heart. He says greed is such a difficult reality, you need to guard yourself from it. Because what happens with greed is greed gets in and it starts as a seed, but then it begins to bloom and to blossom and it becomes something that overtakes us. And Jesus knew that's what was going on inside this man. 
And the problem was not the brother who wouldn't share. It was that the guy who was asking the question had been overtaken by greed. And I think it's key for us to understand that that greed can just dominate everything about us if we will allow it to do so. And so Jesus, to explain himself, tells a parable, a story with a meaning. So let's look at that parable and and go through it just a little bit. Verse 16, and he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Now that sentence is very interesting, and Jesus picked it perfectly. First of all, the guy in the story was already wealthy. He didn't need anything else. He had all that he needed and more, right? And so this rich guy then has what is called an abundant crop. In farming towns, they call it a bumper crop. And a bumper crop is one of those, one of those seasons when the, the harvest is so plentiful, it's just overwhelming. The, the rain was just right. Um, the, the sun was just right. The fertilizer was just, everything worked perfectly. And they had way more crop than they thought they would get. The bumper crop doesn't happen very often, and the way farmers work, at least the ones we were we were around, they would borrow money to plant to get the seed and to fix their equipment. They would plant, they would harvest, they would water, they would harvest. Once harvest was over, they'd pay off their bills, and the rest is what they'd live on. But if they had a bumper crop, they would save as much as they possibly could. They would set aside as much as they possibly could because they knew two things: bumper crops don't happen two years in a row, and they don't happen very often. And there's a chance that there's a drought coming. So they would get prepared. And so Jesus said, this guy was already wealthy. He already had everything he needed. And then he had a bumper crop. Because greed had taken over his life, he decided, this is fantastic. All of my problems have been solved. Everything's good now. So this is what he does. The ground certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. I have so much material blessing, so much material good. What will I do? Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat drink, and be merry. You see, what's really interesting, though, when greed takes hold, you can't eat, drink, and be merry for very long. Because what greed does is it helps you see the mountain out there that you want to conquer, whether it's a car or a house or a bank account number or whatever it is. You see that mountain, you get to the top of that mountain, and, oh, there's a bigger mountain. And greed leads us to go to the bigger mountain. And then we conquer that mountain. And oh, there's a bigger mountain. And greed just never rests. It never stops. It never ends. But this guy came to the point, you know what? I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to store up stuff. I got it made for the rest of my life. And Jesus in verse 20, but God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? 
This is how it will be for, with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And so Jesus ultimately says, set boundaries against greed, because, if you read back earlier, your value is not based on what you have. Your value is not based on your possessions. Your value is not based on what you have obtained. And Jesus would tell us that your value is based on the fact that you were created in the image of God and we decided you were worth dying for. That's where your value is. And that never goes away. Whether you're rich or poor, tall or short, thin or fat, it doesn't matter. You're created in the image of God and you're worth dying for. That's where your value is. And Jesus is letting this guy know, you have placed your value in the wrong thing. And it's taken over your life. I want to share a few scriptures with you that I think will help us. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus said that God and money are mutually exclusive. You cannot serve them both. Because one will kick the other out. It's impossible. Ecclesiastes 5, Solomon, the wealthiest man in the world, the most powerful man in the world, the one that had accomplished everything that any man would have ever wanted to on an earthly life, he said this, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. The man who had it all said it doesn't satisfy no matter how much you get. The writer of Hebrews chapter 13 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Paul and Timothy wrote, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And I think it's important for us to understand that money in and of itself is not the problem. What's going on inside of us is the problem. So Jesus said to guard against Greed. And I thought, okay, what does that look like? To guard against greed. How do I do that in my life? And I came up with four things I think that are very helpful uh, to guard against greed. Right? I'm sure there are better lists than this out there. Um, but this is the one I've got. The first one is, is to remember that everything you have is his. Paul wrote in Colossians 1 that everything was created by him and for him. And if that's true, if the Bible is true, then everything I have really isn't mine. I'm just taking care of his stuff. And when I realize it's not my stuff, then greed doesn't really have a place to plan itself. I'm taking care of his stuff. So I think it's essential for us to always keep in mind that foundational biblical truth that everything is his. Secondly, we have to focus on gratitude instead of what we're missing. So in other words, what greed does is convince us that we need something else. One of the amazing phenomenons in America to me is that every time a new iPhone comes out, they don't do it anymore because they do it online now, but it used to be you would wait in line for hours the day the phone came out. It's like, wow. Because there was a seed of greed that said, I have to have the new one. 
today. Instead of contentment with what we have, we're always looking at what we don't have. And so there is a, an attitude of, of thankfulness, an attitude of, of gratitude that we must have if greed is not going to plant itself in our lives, right? The third one that I came up with um, is be careful, and this one's going to be hard for us, I think, be careful to see an abundance as an opportunity to minister for the kingdom, See, I think most of us, when an abundance comes in, so if someone dies and leaves you a lot of money, the first thought is, hey, what can I do with this for me? But as a follower of Jesus, really the first thought ought to be, okay, God, you've blessed me with this. What do you want me to do with it? How is this going to help your kingdom? Show me what that looks like. And again, that's real easy to teach, and it's very scriptural to, to say that. But to practice it, I know, would be a more difficult reality. But that's what the call is, to realize that what we have and the abundance we've been given is for his purposes, not ours. Right? And then the last one is this. As much as possible, avoid debt. Debt is the instant gratifier. Debt pours gasoline on greed. If I can have it now. Pours gasoline on the fire of greed, let me clarify. Makes it explode. So I know there are some things we have to have debt when we buy houses, et cetera. But the truth is, debt in most cases is me wanting what I want now. So there is a plan. And I think one of the dangers that we have in this journey, it's a very simple truth. When I focus on the temporary, I get temporary rewards. When I focus on the eternal, I get eternal rewards. So I want to challenge us today to, to step back and to be honest with our lives. As followers of Jesus, what are the problems that really need to be solved? Which ones really matter to the kingdom? Which ones really matter to Jesus? And that's where we need to focus. Not on the temporary. Because it won't last. But on the eternal. Things that really make a difference. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you allow us to participate in your work. I thank you that you've given us the, the chance to be your kids. And I thank you that you provided for us the needs that we have. And Father, in our society and our culture, it's, it's so easy to get distracted by things that don't really matter. And Lord, I, I pray that you would help us all to step back and to truthfully and honestly examine the, the things that really matter to you.
Lord, I pray that the eternal would become the focus of our lives every day. Now, Father, I, I pray for anyone here or anyone watching, I, I pray that if, if greed is a struggle for them, that you give them the ability to be set free from it, that you show them that path. And that you give them what they need to overcome it. Now, Father, I pray that you bless this time. I pray that if there's anyone here watching that needs you, that today would be a day of salvation for them. We love you, Lord. We praise you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Today, if you're here watching and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I, I want to tell you that the Jesus who came and solved the right problems came to solve the ultimate problem. And it was God's love for you and for me that drove Jesus to the cross. It was his love for us because he saw our condition. He saw the reality that we were separated from God because of sin. That Jesus came, paid the ultimate price. So that through his death, burial, and resurrection, we find not only forgiveness, but we find new life. A life centered around him. And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, we want to invite you to do that today. Just a minute, we're going to sing, and I'll go to the Welcome Center. If you want to talk privately, we can do that. If you're watching online, you can text us. We have staff members ready to respond to your text. But no decision you make in this life is as important as what you decide to do with Jesus. Maybe you're watching and you're already a follower of Jesus and, and God has put it on your heart that you want to be a part of this community of faith or maybe you're in the room and the same thing is true. If you're in the room, I invite you to come to the Welcome Center when we're done. Let's talk about what it looks like to be officially a part of the group. If you're online, we've already had some families who are, have become a part of us officially uh, who are not in the building. but They're a part of us. They're participating with us, and they're uh, a part of small groups, and, and they're on board. So if you're watching, you can be a part of who we are, even from your home. God has plans for us, and we're going to do our best to follow those plans wherever he leads us. And love to have you on the team. Maybe today, greed is a real thing for you, something that you struggle with. I encourage you today to pray, ask for healing, ask for new focus, and ask for God's intervention. He'll help you overcome even that horrible addiction of greed. You respond today as we stand and worship together.
Thank you so much, Murray Hill, for joining us this week online and in person. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday.